to this week's Dublin to Denver podcast with me, Colm Cronin, and I am joined on the Wednesday after Super Wildcard Weekend by my colleague Stuart Roach. Stuart, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well, Colm. Very well. Always a you know, great uh, opportunity to chat to my mate uh, about football. Not about Broncos football really that much this weekend, but I did... Um, I'd say I enjoyed uh, stress-free football this weekend um, and the two teams that I've hopelessly jumped onto the bandwagon for, the Detroit Lions and the Buffalo Bills, both won. Um, so I, 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 I feel like I've got an interest going into, what do they, this is divisional round, do they have any kind of uh, adjectives to describe a car where they're just, they're just happy enough for, for, for a divisional round, are they? I actually find Colm, I, I think the division round is probably my favourite round of playoff football because there's still an opportunity for, for upsets and there's still usually a team or two that, that weren't expected to make it, made it. Um, so I'm I'm really looking forward to it. There's some great matchups and I'm intrigued by um, Patrick Mahomes' first playoff game on the road, although the weather in Buffalo and the conditions probably are as close to a playoff game in Kansas City as he's, as he's ever going to get outside of Kansas City. Um, so yeah, so some interesting football call. Uh, not a huge amount of news at the Broncos front. It was a kind of a, I, I guess a kind of a, um, what's the right word, a debrief really from the season from a lot of the the powers and Sean Payton. I know I was talking about being relatively disappointed and, and you know our record is what it is and we are what our record says we are, which I think was fair enough. I don't think you could argue argue much uh, against that. So uh, yeah, just sort of. Uh, so I guess we're all kind of waiting, Colin, for the for the the moment where the big domino falls, which the imagine is when Russell Wilson is is released. But until that happens, Colin, is all kind of speculation, and uh, still interesting to me, Colin, to look at these um, mock drafts, um, which are coming out daily, especially as uh, playoff teams sort of um, get eliminated and the, the draft um, order is more settled, and. Um, Still, some people are, are are mocking us taking interior defensive linemen and wide receivers and cornerbacks. Like, going, who's going to throw them the ball if it's a wide receiver? Like, where, where do we see this going? It's Jared Stidham? No, I don't think so. And there's not a huge amount of free agent QBs out there. So I'm kind of, I guess that's part of a column. We're just going to have to wait and see what happens. And it's a, a long time till draft weekend. But um, hey, you know, at least we still have some football to talk about, albeit not Broncos. Yeah, I think a couple of things um, jump out at me, Stuart. One, in relation to the weekend of football that we just saw, um, how good uh, was CJ Stroud? Uh, absolutely sensational. Truly um, just looked like he was capable of doing a- anything and everything. Um, and even the mi- um, the miss, the overthrow uh, to Nico Collins showed you that there's room for growth on where uh, he is uh, and it, it does show you that if you are I suppose you can turn things around quickly but you've got to get the right head coach in the building you've got to get the right um, quarterback in the building and to me Stuart I suppose part of this as well as Jordan Love uh, as well I think you, you saw now I would possibly argue that um, if they had their time again, I wonder would they have when we made that first offer for Aaron Rodgers. I, I know after drafting Love, obviously they get the two MVP uh, seasons, but would they when we made the first offer? 
and so you've drafted Love. He sat for a year. Now you've had a, an MVP year off of Rogers. You probably could have got three firsts off of us. Like because Jordan Love, what I have seen from him, he's improved throughout the the year. So the talent was there. I don't think the benefit came from sitting. The benefit has come from playing. But what for for me, Stuart, I suppose what I see in both of those scenarios is quarterbacks and play callers elevating the players around them. And this is my concern. And the the Broncos are in a really difficult situation given where they're drafting. But the notion to me, and I think this season has has changed things uh, on the way I view it. I don't think you can build a team and drop a quarterback in. I think that is, I think that's the wrong way to go about it. I think Atlanta have tried that. I think the the Broncos have tried that. This notion that you're a quarterback away. I don't think you've anything until you have a quarterback. If you had said to people um, prior to CJ Stroud uh, arriving, is Nico Collins and, and Tank Dell, are, are they really good wide receivers? No, people have had no time. Nico Collins was immense the other night. And prior to his injury against us, Tank Dell looked absolutely fantastic. The pa- It's not like the Packers took any superstars with their draft picks. Um, it, indeed, Watson, um, who's probably the, the biggest name, he's the, the guy who, who has probably been um, least productive because of injuries. But uh, Romeo Jobs looked fantastic. The two tight ends and the way in which uh, LaFleur was able to scheme up um, and, and work with the talent of his um, his QB. Now, I, I know that as well that um, they they only had, I think, um, Jordan Love pass the ball or drop back 21 times. It wasn't a 60 drop back game. You need a running game. You need to um, impact. But to me, I suppose, I just don't think you've anything until you've a QB. And you can keep fooling yourself like the Broncos have done um, in about weapons that, that you that you supposedly have. But it, it's no good. And I, I suppose talk this week again about trading Jerry Judy. What ultimately would you get? The Broncos decided not to do it last offseason. Uh, what a difference that could have made. I, um, the other piece, I suppose, Stuart, that that's come up this week, and there's two, there's two things. I, when you look at it, and we we're talking about where the Broncos are at, in your mind, should how should they approach it? Should they take? Should they try and get a QB, or or should they? And and I know this is a kind of a radical um situation, and maybe Sean Sean Payton, given his age and the. You're, what you're paying him and everything else but should the Broncos just accept this is a completely lost season take the hit a complete dead cap hit on Russ this year and absolutely just tank truly embrace the tank like no other team has embraced the tank before and roll out roll out the rookies and then draft the, the QB ne- next year after you're clear of the, the dead cap I don't I don't know. I don't know what the what the solution to this is. It people will point to the Buccaneers, um, because of the the situation that they have obviously now having won the the game against a terrible Eagles team. But it does show how things can change in the NFL. But you are talking about a team there that has interest in worths, possibly the best tackle and a guy who uh, switched tackle positions. Let's not forget he was a right tackle. He moved over to left tackle and has looked uh, incredible. Um, and they have 
uh, in Winfield Junior. Um, they have uh, obviously a fantastic uh, guy who was robbed to me of an All Pro spot, um, and they they did have uh, Super Bowl winning wide receivers in um, Evans and, and Godwin. What are your thoughts? Because it, as we sit here today, um, coming I suppose into mid January, there are there are no clear paths for uncles. I guess, Colm, your original plan about really tanking next season, I, I, I think that depends on how one views next year's draft class when it comes to quarterbacks. Um, I think the common consensus, column would be that next year's draft class is not as strong as this year's draft class when it comes to QBs. Um, now, obviously, you know, given... Uh, just the amount of, of college footballers out there, there are going to be some decent quarterbacks. That goes without saying. I mean, Sanders from Colorado would probably be the one that I would most be aware of just because he got so much hype given, you know, Prime's arrival. But Colorado um, fell off a cliff towards the end of the season. Colin Sh- Sanders, uh, Sanders looked superb and, you know, he's still a very dangerous player. But, uh, you know, and there are one or two others. I know there's a quarterback from Alabama whose name escapes me, and there are going to be decent quarterbacks. But as I said, I think the common consensus is that this is a stronger year, um, and it's a stronger year in that it goes down. There's always going to be levels of QBs, Colin. That's just the way it is. So the top tier uh, is Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Daniels from LSU. I think those three guys are almost certainly going to be out of our reach, Colin. And I think, I think we need to be careful in the sense of what we give up if we need to trade up at all. I think, you know, if, if we fall in love with Penix or if we fall in love with Bo Nix, for example, I think, um, you know, if if we need to move from 12 to, say, 9, I don't think that's going to cost a huge amount. But if we're moving from 12 to, say, 3 or 4, Colin, that is going to cost an enormous amount. Um, you know, the argument might be, though, that if you love a guy, then sometimes you, you have to go and get him. Um because I do agree with you, Colin, if you don't have a quarterback, then you have nothing. We've seen that. We saw the Broncos after Manning retired. Um, I think another example of that, Colin, the jury is still out, obviously, on Richardson because he got injured so early. But the Colts are a prime example of that. The Colts have had an outstanding roster for the last couple of years, Colin, and they have tried to patch in a guy, um, and it hasn't worked. Um, like, the Colts really should have achieved more. And, and I think if the Colts did have a quarterback, then they would have made... Um, probably the same kind of noise as say the Texans have done because I think they have a stronger roster better defense and um, they do have weapons but they didn't have a QB and um, so to me Colin I, I I'm not sure I mean to, to be to be perfectly honest Colin I didn't spend that much time looking at quarterbacks this year until recently because I didn't think we were going to be in the hunt for one and um, so I, I'm going to all has them say I've spent absolutely no time at all looking at the quarterbacks for next year <laughs> so you kind of put me on the spot with that one um but I, I, I think if there's a guy you like, um, and I and I think the more I hear and the more I read about Knicks from Oregon, the more he sounds like a Sean Payton QB. And if he's the guy, I think, you know, obviously when it comes down to the combine and stuff, that's when an awful lot of deals get made. That's when an awful lot of rumors are started. That's when you begin to sort of really see where a team might be sort of uh, sort of headed. Um, if he's the guy and it gonna, it's going to cost you, say, next year's second round pick as well, then I think that's worth doing. The issue with giving up more than perhaps what we have, Colin, is there are so many holes in the roster as we've discovered this year. Um, there are so many things that need to be fixed. And I think from now on, we need to be, as we've said on quite a few occasions on the show, we need to be really 
uh, we need to we need to knock most of the drafts we have over the next year or two out of the park. We need contributors from you know rounds four, five, six, just the way it is that we we've been set up. We're not going to have a huge amount of money to spend on on, on free agents. There will be some money to spend, Colin, because you know the the, the salary cap is a, a malleable um, living creature as we discover every year, and there are ways around it. But we don't have a huge amount, even if we have geniuses working on that. Um, so, Colin, I, I think for me, you get the quarterback that you like this year. Um, if he's gone, then maybe you trade back. But I, I, I'm not a fan of that. I think we've gone down that route so many times before. And um, it's interesting, Colin, that um, the year we picked Bradley Chubb, um, there are three quarterbacks now in the divisional round coming up that we we didn't have a chance to get Baker Mayfield, obviously, because he was picked number one, but we did have a chance to get Josh Allen. Nobody needs to go over that again. And we also had a chance to get Lamar Jackson, who is the presumptive MVP of the season and has an outstanding chance to get to the Super Bowl this year. Um, so I, I think, Colin, for me, I think if if, if you know, I, I can see some kind of merit into what you're saying, but as I said, I, I it just depends on if there's a guy you really like next year. Um, but I, I'd expect us to, to try to fix it this year. Um, but as I said, I, I, you know, like Baker Mayfield, he could be a free agent, but the chances are he, he's, he's going to go back to Tampa now. Um, Kirk Cousins is far too expensive, and again, it's just another retread realistically. After that, Colin, then you're, you know, you're into the the James Winston's of the world. Uh, we've kind of been down that road before. I know Winston has a Saints connection, but you know, James, I think the year he was with Sean Payton didn't need throw as many interceptions as he did touchdown passes. So I'm not sure if Sean wants to have the full James Winston experience again. So I, I think if it were me, Colin, I would be going down the rookie QB route this year and just take the licks that come with it. And um, you know, if he struggles you know, at least there'll be a high round draft pick next year. Um, and we can hopefully try to get some some pieces around him. But, you know, as you've said, Carl, and I, I do agree with you, we have been hugely guilty of bigging up our players on offense in particular. Um, and the last couple of seasons have shown that they have been overrated. I think apart from, say, Cortland Sutton, who is capable of performing miracles. Um, and, you know, if you look back on Russell Wilson's highlights of the year, Colin, which, you know, I did yesterday. I don't know why, but I did. Um, it seems like every second play um, on Russell Wilson's highlights is Colin Sutton making a miracle catch. Um, but outside of Colin, Colin, who on who on offense has really done anything significant over the last few years? I think Javante Williams has been lucky because he was injured, but Jerry Judy has been a, has been a big disappointment for me. Dulcich has been a huge disappointment. Um, so yeah, we, we, we don't have a huge amount of weapons on offense call. Um, so I'm, I'm loath to give away pieces in the draft cause I think we need everything we can get. So, um, I haven't really answered your question, um, because I don't know if I'm convinced one way or the other. <laughs> he said, he said, like a true politician saying something and not actually answering. <laughs> yes, indeed. I, I think it's, um, I like I, I don't I'm not even I'm not advocating for totally blowing it up. I'm I'm saying that's an option. I don't think there's an easy solution to it. I I think you can I, I can make an argument. I, I've said it before that you just draft um a QB um as a rookie and, and you play him and you know, um and, and you see how it goes and if it's not working out, you do it again next year. I I think um I have also seen 
because realistically, like we we know Rust um, isn't coming back. So ultimately, um, he's going to play for a team next year on vet minor a minimum because that makes most sense for <laughs> why why wouldn't he? But I did see people point out, and again, I'm not saying to to go down this um, road, but we know Sean Payton is a fan of Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo will be available for vet minimum. I'm not saying that that is the, the way to go. But ultimately, if if Sean decides that he wants to try to navigate the Russell Wilson dead cap hit that is going to exist, you will be able to get, because G- Jimmy G is going to be in exactly the same situation with the Raiders, where the Raiders are going to have to pay the money so his next team can pick him up for vet minimum. I, I just think that the, the team have put themselves in a situation where none of this is easy. Well, I think, yeah, sorry, I forgot about Jimmy G. I, I think that's not the, that may not be the worst solution. If we take, for example, Bodix at 12, or let's say we take Michael Penix Jr. at 12, right? I, I, I think Jimmy G coming in as a mentor, um, if he's if he's open to that, I, I and for vet minimum, I, I, I don't think that's the worst solution I've ever heard because I think, you know, Stidham is definitely a career backup and I think that was proven and I, I but I think Jimmy G is somebody who could run a Sean Payton offense now I'm not saying Jimmy G is a quarterback in the future and maybe Jimmy G would have no interest in coming to the Broncos if he's told look the reality is we're drafting almost certainly drafting a QB in round one we want you to kind of you know show him the way um, but but of the options that are out there Colin you know if we do draft a quarterback with our 12th pick or if we move up I think Jimmy G isn't a bad option um, because at least he's a competent NFL quarterback. And and he, he can, you know, if the rookie falls off the cliff or if you don't want to hand him the rein straight away, then at least you know you can be in games with Garoppolo. I I I I think I, I don't know if I'm drafting a QB that high. I kind of want to just play him and see how it goes. I think Stuart, because... Oh yeah, talk, I, sorry, Cobb. I would absolutely do that, but I, I don't know if... Sean Payton would. That's, that's yeah, I I I just think you you have to you have to see what you have, especially in um the the NFL now. Um, I mean the Steelers are in uh, Steelers. The Packers are in a situation now where the Jordan Love is has been magnificent and he has grown and developed as the season has gone on. But they don't have any cheap Jordan Love years now. As a result, now they're they're fortunate in that they have young re- receivers. Um, but there, there's no rookie benefit to the contract. They did get it right. It, it would seem, and they have gone from Favre to Rogers to to Love. Um, you know, they they are the antithesis of the the Broncos. Um, but uh, yeah, the, it it just the it, I think one of the the true benefits, um, you know, in the era that we are in, in terms of salary cap, in terms of um, rookie contracts is having a rookie on that contract. Um, I just and, and I think I think Jordan Love column does back up your point about about letting a player play and letting him learn through making mistakes. Because to be honest with you, Colin, I I was deeply unimpressed by Jordan Love against the Broncos earlier on this season. I thought he he looked poor, to be honest. And I didn't really see much of the Packers then until I watched them uh, on Thanksgiving against the Lions, and I thought he had improved hugely. Um, and then you see him the other night, he was phenomenal. So, um, you know, the Jordan Love that, that I saw in Denver and the Jordan Love that showed up the other night and handed the Cowboys, you know, their dinner, like 
that they were two different players and he only got that by uh, playing through and gaining experience on the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to to play. Uh, it's a, it's it's as simple as that. You saw the growing pains earlier in the the year, but what you also saw all of that time was progress. Progress isn't linear, but it was obvious that this wasn't a lack of ability. It was obvious he had the arm talent. It was uh, it was just this was a really it was a a raw QB. It was a raw wide receiver group. It was a raw tight end group. Um, ultimately, you're kind of talking um, that Aaron uh, um, Aaron Jones was the most experienced guy in the room. Um, they're also dealing not only kind of with the fact that you have all of the dead cap from Aaron Rodgers, but they're dealing with David Bakhtiari's injury, who they've paid a, a fortune to, um, but who simply isn't fit enough to to take to um, a football field. So one of the other things, just as we are um, recording this, um, and tangentially maybe related to the, the, the Broncos and also in terms of trading, mega trades for QBs. So as we're um, recording this, the Browns ha- have fired um, their offensive coordinator, their running backs coach, and their tight ends coach. Um, which I, I think is um, is interesting, and to me, they have to. They, I think, they saw what happened when Flacco came in off the street, and the fact that he was a better player than Deshaun Watson is. But because their Deshaun Watson contract is fully guaranteed, and we cannot stress that enough, they ultimately decided to go that. Um, and Deshaun Watson. W- wasn't looking hasn't looked anything like it and people maybe wanted to put it down to rust last year well that wasn't the case obviously this year I think they had to do something but it's another consequence that when you make an enormous trade for a player and when you give them huge contracts it's particularly like it's particularly when you when obviously when you have to do both and generally they go hand in hand but that puts enormous pressure on an organization so the the Browns overperformed in ways this year, given the fact they were down to the fifth and sixth choice tackles, given the fact that Flacco came in off the, the street. Um, but they have hard decisions to make now because they have to stick uh, with Deshaun Watson and they're going to bring in a new staff, even though they got to the playoffs, they're bringing in a new staff to see if they can make it work. And obviously, on the other hand, the Je- the Jets have the staff that Aaron Rodgers wants in in place. So despite the fact that they had a, a terrible uh, year, they're running the entire thing back because that's what, what Aaron wants. Uh, and so these monster trades, um, you know, have, have huge impacts on a, a franchise. We are seeing that with the Broncos, probably not fortunately to the extent of the Browns or to the Jets. Um, a lot of talk as well, may, maybe just to, to kind of wrap up, Stuart, about Russell Wilson this week and potential landing spots and, and what it might look like. Um, for for you, I suppose, is, is there a place that you might see um, the um, Russell 
you know, a, a best fit for, for Ross or, or, or where he might choose to go. Ultimately, um, I, I think the reality is, is that he's not going to waive his no trade clause. He's going to get cut. He's going to have the d- decision then that, you know, be wherever he wants to go, he can go. Yeah, like, I, why would Russell Wilson do the Broncos a solid when, you know, I'm sure in his opinion, the Broncos haven't done a solid for him. So there, there's no he's got nothing to gain by doing that column. So um, it's 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 almost certain that Russell Wilson will sign a vet minimum contract with the team, um, you know, presumably within days after being cut. Um, you know, so I think, yeah, th- there's been a couple of, and it's interesting, column. I think when several reports drop at the same time, there's usually a reason for this. I know we're both fairly cynical, um, you know, Irishmen, so we've kind of, we've been around this dance before. We kind of tend to know why this stuff happens when it happens. So you'd wonder why this stuff has been put out right now. But I mean, I, I think um, like there's teams that presumably, uh, you know, are, are also going to be moving on. Like we didn't mention the Minnesota Vikings. You've seen them up close recently. The Minnesota Vikings do have quite a lot of talent on that team, particularly offensively. And they're almost certainly going to be moving on from Kirk Cousins unless there's a real surprise. And, um, you know, so the Vikings will be a team I think you keep your eye on. I think... Um, you know, there's teams being mentioned, like, I think the Titans were a team that kind of intrigued me because obviously Mike Rabel's gone. And, but I, I, I think, you know, if, if Wilson is going to go to the Titans, then you'd have to assume that he's been told you're going to have to battle it out with Will Levis because Levis did play quite well for the Titans this year. So I'm not sure about that one. Um, a, a, a team, I think, on that is stacked with talent, um, but also are going to be interesting because already I think uh, a certain Bill Belichick who's visited them um, would be the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I imagine Belichick may want to try out the NFC because he's been in the AFC for as long as uh, you know as anybody can really remember. Obviously, he, he kind of made his name as a New York Giants defense, uh, defensive coordinator um, and he's been in to visit the Falcons already um, and I think Harbaugh might be on his way to visit the Falcons too. So, you know, there there's potentially two outstanding uh, truly outstanding head coaches. Um, and when you look at what they have, Colin, like they've got Drake London, they've got Kyle Pitts, they've got B. John Robinson. Like that's a, that is an extraordinary sort of array of talent that the Falcons have. They don't have a quarterback. They've tried Desmond Ritter. It, it, it hasn't worked. He, he's not an NFL star to Colin. He's, he's had plenty of opportunities to, to prove that he is. He isn't. Um, Russell Wilson could could work there perhaps. Um, and the other team I think I've seen Magic Call, but again, like, you know, this is something that I would be surprised given where they pick in the draft. Uh, the Patriots have been mentioned potentially as a landing spot for Russell Wilson. I'm I I don't see it because they are almost certainly going to go a Drake May or a or a or a Daniels. Um, you know, and and depending on whether or not the Bears decide to stick with Fields, um, you know, they may even get Caleb Williams, the Patriots. So I would be surprised. So, Colin, if I had to put my 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 money where my my large mouth is. I would say I think Russell Wilson will sign a vet minimal contract for either the Vikings or the Falcons. And if you made me pick one, I would say the Falcons. Interesting. Not one that I've heard a, a lot. Um, it, it'd be fascinating to see. The Falcons are kind of the reason why I, I am. Now, if Russ does go to the Falcons, it, it'll be fascinating because they, more so than even the Broncos, they have uh, on paper the weapons that one would want. Um, you, you're you're talking about Bijan, you're you're talking 
um, about Kyle Pitts. You're talking about uh, Drake London. Um, they have the the weapons there. They are the team that is most, um, you know, QB away, even though they were the first team, I believe, that came out and said, no, we don't want Lamar Jackson. Um, so, so, so you wonder. Um, that, that, went, that, that said a lot about their QB, QB evaluation process, doesn't it? I, I Yeah, I, I think if Russell Wilson is working with Bill Belichick, that would be fascinating, fascinating. But the the piece that will change it, obviously, is if Russ is signed for vet minimum, then ultimately none of it matters because there, you you can if if you start Russ and if he's good, then happy days. If you start Russ and he's terrible, you can pull him after four games, and all all you're losing is a couple of million. You're not gonna have it. it the contract is what changes things. It's a bit like Tua Tungavailoa in Miami. Mike McDaniel can love Tua, but he loves Tua on a rookie deal. I don't think you love Tua and the way Tua plays if you're paying Tua 50 million, 55, 60 million a year. And we are getting ultimately to the, you know, the, the next generation of QB contracts, which are going to be 75, 80, 85 million uh, a, a year. Um, I, I wonder when, and we're not that, we're still probably in a number of years, but ultimately we're going to cross into the threshold of the 100 million a year um, QB contract at, at some point in the, the future. Um, Stuart, as we uh, kind of wind up, is there anything else that you wanted to to hit on today? Just one thing, Carl, that uh, caught my eye, I think was, um, I did mention that Bill Belichick has already visited the Falcons on the team, that Bill Belichick is being linked with strongly, and this should send a shudder down the spine of many a Broncos fan is. Um, there's been a lot of chatter of Bill to the Chargers over the last few days, um, and the Chargers are one of those teams that have, have underperformed for many, many years, Colin. Um but if there's one person you would think that might be able to whip them into some kind of shape, and they do have that thing that we spent most of the, uh, the, 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 the show talking about, they do have a legitimate young quarterback in Herbert. Um, I would be really hopeful now that Bill will, will see what, what's on offer there in Atlanta and decide that that's what's for him because I really don't want to be dealing with Bill Belichick and Andy Reid four times in one season um, with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. So, yeah, let, you know, let's let's hope Bill yeah, wants to go back to the NFC because that's a, that's yet another nightmare that the Broncos are going to have to deal with. Because um, I'm sure Bill will find some tight end somewhere in round five or something that will become yet another nemesis for the Broncos if he goes to the Chargers. Yeah, I, that that's why I I think Bill and and it could well happen that Bill decides to go to the Falcons, but to me, um. When Bill, when Bill Belichick is at his best is when he does have that elite QB. It is what makes all the difference. And um, I think the Chargers, uh, ultimately, they did it. it's a bit like the Broncos. And I think um, fans maybe should be skeptical. It's, it's in the team's interests that players get talked up, that possibilities get talked up. Um, they need to sell tickets. They need to sell merch. Then that's how they do it. They get you excited. They get you optimistic, uh, and then you're willing to part with your hard-earned money. Um, but the Chargers can make a lot of cuts and move on from a lot of players. I think a young receiver room is much easier to deal with um, than 
um, ultimate, ultimately trying to find uh, that franchise QB. The Chiefs um, had, I suppose, problems all year. Um, but ultimately, in the, the playoffs, they did enough to at least make the divisional round. And certainly that will be an interesting game against the, the Bills. Um, we will be back next week uh, when we will see if there are any developments on, on any uh, uh, things Broncos. Uh, but in the interim, uh, if you are, uh, if you, and, and I imagine most uh, people who are fans of the Broncos watch the playoffs, even if the Broncos aren't playing. So uh, hopefully we get another set of decent games uh, this weekend. You can find Stuart on Twitter at PurpleRTC. I'm across social media at Cullum from Cork. If you enjoy the podcast, please do rate, review and subscribe. It makes a real difference in helping people to find us or best yet, tell a friend about us um, and maybe ask them to give it a listen. Uh, All that remains then to be said is go Broncos. Go Broncos.